I've become a huge fan of cruciferous vegetables, even our supplements, many of them to help balance hormones center around the cruciferous so vegetables. They're rich in uh, dim, methane, indole-3-carbinol. Uh, there's so many different beneficial type of phytochemicals within cruciferous vegetables that have now proven to be absolutely essential. a special checkoff list that we want you to follow. Kyle, I know you've been doing this for quite a while, and this list is particularly important. People really need to get this clear, don't they? Absolutely. Um, you know, just just like people run into with a standard American diet, you can run into the similar problems of nutrient deficiencies if you, um, you know, get in the habit of eating the same foods all the time. A lot of people, you know, they stick to the things that are most tasty to them or most, you know, most easily available. And sometimes that'll cause a person to eat nothing but, you know, blueberries and sourdough bread, right? Or something <laughs> something silly like that, right? Where, um, you know, even though those are healthy things, maybe, um, depending on how the bread's made and what's in it, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, even though those are healthy things, you run into deficiencies because you, you aren't getting the greens. You aren't getting the nutrients that are only in nuts and seeds. You aren't getting those nutrients that are only in those different colors of vegetables. Well, I, I think part of why it's so important is because we have to think on a daily basis with each meal, how are we going to fit in uh, approximately about 15 different uh, items in, in regards to what should be included within your daily meal plan, but also the things that should be left out. So that being said, it's critical that you maybe paste this up, uh, we'll, we'll put up a, in the show notes, a list of items that should be included, but we're going to go through this fairly clearly. And then not only the foods that you should be eating, but also how you should be stacking those foods in each meal, as well as throughout your day to get the most effect out of them, the most, um, you know, the, the most weight loss, if that's what you're, if that's what you're, you're going after and also the most performance. Okay. So let's be clear then to listen to this particular segment. They're going to get the most out of it for those of you who are wanting to a Keep your weight under control. If you're above your ideal body weight, get down to your ideal weight. Even if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 100 pounds overweight, this is going to work for you. Next, once you reach your ideal weight, we can kind of modify or change or adjust within the same list of foods. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so for example, this wouldn't be the exact ratios of things that I would have a client or um, use if they were, for example, trying to be a power lifter, right? Or they were trying to, you know, um, put on muscle mass for bodybuilding purposes, right? Exact same foods. Don't get me wrong. No change in what we're eating. Just a, a little bit of a change in the portion sizing of certain things. Okay. And so when you bring up athletes, of course, you know, I'm going to take this all the way from those people who are peak performers wanting to feel good throughout the day, uh, seven days a week, but also besides entrepreneurs and CEOs and athletes, uh, people who are really driven, but also for the vast majority of people who are sick, they're struggling. They have, they have problems with diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, cancer. They're, they're dealing with autoimmune conditions. So this segment is absolutely critical because the core of what we're teaching here begins with what you eat. That's one thing we all have control over. Well, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing about doing the right thing, right? When it comes to, to food, um, when you dial in your, your, you know, your daily food consumption and you're eating the right things, it seems like all problems seem disappear, right? It, in all directions, your body writes itself, your immune system, your weight, 
um, your mentality, your mental focus, and your clarity, all of the above. Well, and I think one thing that people are going to get from this is we're going to be including food categories that most people build their whole breakfast, lunch, and dinner meal plan around which they're going to notice an absence of those particular foods and a huge increase in those foods that are nutrient dense and life sustaining and also are going to give them a whole new level of health and well-being. Absolutely. And so you want to get started? Yeah, let's do it. So the top of the list and the interesting recent facts that are coming out of Penn State University and other studies that have been well designed shows that when you include these particular foods first, you're going to notice easier, more effective calorie reduction that will lead to weight loss. Also, I might add, there's a lot of people now talking about hormones and insulin and leptin and other things like cortisol that do influence one's body weight. And we're not leaving that out of the picture. These foods have a natural way of helping to adjust and deal with those particular hormones so it won't become a major overriding factor. And we'll also be touching on some of those foods at the end, some of those foods that you need to avoid because they do exacerbate those issues of cort you know, cortisol and, and, and thyroid issues and things along so that. You mean we're going to cut through the controversy about keto, paleo, plant-based, oil-free, sugar-free, what what we really should be doing on a daily basis. There's even a carnivore diet running around loose now. Yeah, we're probably going to be stepping <laughs> on some toes, uh, but it's what we got to do. You know, we're, we're, the, the truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. So keep in mind, uh, this is from 43 years of research and work and your work as well and oversight and looking into books articles, podcasts, updating the information. So here we go. The first thing we should always include is a serving of cruciferous vegetables. You know what they are. That's Napa cabbage, bok choy. It includes the Brussels sprouts. It includes broccoli. And when I mentioned Napa cabbage, Asparagus. that might have thrown you for a little loop. What, what's Napa cabbage? And then, of course, you know, you've got Saviar cabbage. You've got the purple cabbage. There's a whole host of cruciferous vegetables. Can you think and, of a few more? you shouldn't be sticking to just one of them, right? If you're, you're eating that Napa cabbage in the morning or for one week, you should be switching over to that purple cabbage or to, you know, to the other types. You should be getting as many colors and as much variety as possible. Yeah. And so I, I think the purpose, though, let's, let's be clear. Cruciferous vegetables have an anti-cancer ability. They're huge when it comes to a recent discovery and why I wrote the book, Acne Be Gone for Good. And that was to show that the skin clears up when we're using more of these natural cruciferous vegetables because it shifts the hormones, what we call the bad, say, estrogens to the good estrogens. And then we want to include certain herbs such as turmeric, we're going to address a little bit, that help to exit and certain methyl donor food uh, core uh, items that, uh, you know, including, say, apples and things. But these things are all going to help the body to balance the hormones in a big way. Absolutely. And, there, and then all of these things we'll have links to in the show notes for you to, for you to look at afterwards or you know, during the show. So um, what is a serving? What would you say? I mean, a serving is a good at least a I'd cup. Half a, a half a cup to a cup. Okay. And that's in the cooked form or in the raw form. Both. Because both. cruciferous vegetables raw are though, excellent. I say, though, if we're, if we're going to split hairs, I would rather you eat those cruciferous vegetables raw because there are compounds in those vegetables that do get destroyed with heat. Right. So the heat, if you do, say, use some very light heating methods, uh, very light steaming or crock pot, 
Keep it under 100 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's going to be close to where you want to be. And, and also, you know, think about adding, uh, you know, part of that serving or maybe an extra serving. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, another serving of cruciferous vegetables onto um, a big salad each day, you know, where, where you're going to eat it in that raw form where it's it tastes good and it, kind of, it goes into that blend well. Absolutely. I've become a huge fan of cruciferous vegetables even our supplements many of them to help balance hormones center around the cruciferous so vegetables they're rich in uh dim methane, indole 3 carbonyl uh there's so many different beneficial type of phytochemicals within cruciferous vegetables that have now proven to be absolutely essential and this myth about cruciferous vegetables are going to cause thyroid disorders and uh suppress iodine that was dated that was based on a few animal studies and some folklore that went around on the internet uh there's some really good also articles with massive doses right yes and and really if you look at it if you're concerned just make sure you understand the spectrum of trace minerals and iodine and support within that supplement range if you are concerned about you know say the cruciferous vegetables but they are fantastic for great health and for weight loss my gosh cruciferous vegetables are very low in calories i mean we're talking a category of 20 to 30 40 calories per uh, serving and that means if you actually ate and I would say a minimum of one serving, but if you ended up having two or three servings and you're wanting to drop weight, you're wanting to improve your health, it's okay to have more than that one half cup to cup serving, oh, yeah, right? Absolutely. That's just a, yeah, that's just our, our minimum in regards to all, all these healthy foods. Um, you know, we'll get into the nuts, the, the nuts mm-hmm. a little later because they, they are a little more calorie. They do have a little more of a calorie uh, density to them. And so, you know, if, if we're talking fat loss purposes, you know, you might want to keep those down to the, the serving size we recommend. But pretty much everything else you can go wild on as long as you're checking each of the other boxes. Okay, so the next category is two servings of other vegetables. What do we mean? Root vegetables are absolutely essential to good health. They're the core of many of the longest lived cultures in the world. Purple sweet potatoes, uh, yams, carrots. Uh, certainly beets i mean really really important as great as cruciferous vegetables are there's some nutrients like you know like the 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 nutrients that give carrots their pigment and beets their pigment that just aren't found in those in those dark green cruciferous vegetables so we want to definitely mix those up and really make sure you include uh squash uh the tomatoes uh, certainly uh, eggplant. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there really bashing the nightshade family and uh, these particular vegetables, and they're saying, oh, they're loaded with lectins, and these particular plants uh, have it out to to try and prevent you from eating them. Well, as if plants know that humans are going to try and eat them. But let, let's, let's just say there are these particular ingredients, but that might be true for certain people if they're eating, say, something like raw beans, but we're not recommending that. These foods, and although some people have delayed food allergies specific to a specific food, then they would be best to have testing for that inflammatory food. But the point is that from a health perspective, these vegetables make up a big part of the longest lived people in the world. Absolutely. And, 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 and you're, it's basically impossible to put on any fat while eating them. If those, if that's all you're eating. Yeah. And when we talk about other vegetables, cucumbers, tomatoes, uh, certainly, uh, if you think of peppers, peppers are fantastic for the lungs and clearing the mucus that builds up because those the, the the special cayenne and the various curcumin the various peppers in there have been studied to 
kind of move the avili in the lungs and, and bring, and you probably notice sometimes you feel a little bit more mucus coming up when you've eaten something that's a little bit more and spicy and peppery. Sinuses and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, when it comes to the other vegetables, guys, uh, you know, we've mentioned a lot of different vegetables when there's only two servings there. Mix them up, right? Get as get as much variety in that in that space as possible. Don't get boring, right? That's the thing is everyone everyone talks about how a plant based diet, you know, or a vegan diet seems so, like like you're you're so limited, and the exact opposite is true if you just think outside of the box a little bit. Or you know, another great way is to go to some plant based restaurants or go to some plant based uh, friends. And let them cook for you, and and let them serve you, and and let them uh, expand your you know your ideas of what's possible. Right, and I always recommend you get a copy of Simply Absolutely. Healthy Cookbook because it's oil free, sugar free, and it gives you over two hundred forty uh, different uh, recipes that basically will allow you to kind of make better decisions about your foods and your your meal plan each day. And of course, um, you know you can basically include all of these recipes. Uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and I want to get to that next category, two servings of greens a day at least, right? So important. So important. And, and a cre a, a greens, lettuce, um, romaine lettuce, the kale, the use of um, Brussels, uh, I'm thinking parsley and beet cilantro. Leaves, beet leaves as well, right? The, mm -hmm. the actual leaves of the beetroot. Yeah. So, you you can basically enjoy as much greens as you can Unlimited. possibly consume. Again, they have little or no calories. So they actually end up kind of taking the space of other foods that have more caloric density if you end up eating some of those foods uh, near the end of your meal. A little known fact as well is that they're a great source of omega-3s. Right? Okay. They're, uh, the, yeah, yeah the, there's actually fat contained in those leaves, and it's very small amounts, but it's almost pure omega-3. Wow. Okay. Uh, the next category, servings of berries, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Any berries I left out? Oh, yeah, I mean, of course. You left out my, one of my favorites, blackberries. Oh, blackberries. wow. Especially when they're right off, the, right off the vine, delicious. Fantastic. So berries, about a half a cup at least. Uh, at least. You, wanna, you don't want to go too high. You know, you don't, you, um, they're kind of expensive, first of all. But, but uh, you know, yeah, a, a, a half a cup to, I mean, I'd say like you can even triple that and have no problem even if you're on a weight loss, the weight loss side of things, mm -hmm. right? Berries are... Uh, They're about 60 calories per cup, I think, yeah. 60 and, and, to and, 80. And, and a great cheat code with berries is, uh, is I know, I'm not sure if it's with other ones, but I know specifically with blackberries is they have uh, polyphenols in them that uh, dampen the absorption of blood sugar. So if you messed up and ate something real sugary or really calorie dense and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. If you eat a few blackberries with that, it'll actually make it so it doesn't spike your insulin as hard or make you store as much fat. And in my 43 years of experience of checking people's uh, blood lipids, their triglycerides, their glucose, their insulin levels, uh, literally, David um, uh, Jenkins, who had uh, published his study about the glycemic index and uh, metabolic syndrome and measured insulin levels in people who were at risk for diabetes, he flat out stated in an interview with one of my colleagues that 
even eating over 10 servings of fruit a day would not be problematic for blood sugar levels. Uh, the rice fruit diet, Walter Kempner proved also people are eating more than 10 servings of fruit a day. The only issue with fruit would be it's so tasty and so delectable that you might eat so much fruit, you don't leave room for these other 15 different Literally important problem, foods. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess, um, and we'll... Go ahead and put a little at-risk there that one issue could be if you're a person with IBS or mm-hmm. um, or gluten sensitivity like celiac disease um, or if you have lactose intolerance. Um, a lot of the times those all, all three of those can be linked to um, you know your body's inability to create certain enzymes that lead to ferment- fermentation of those sugars in the gut and you might want to um, – you know, stay to, to lower amounts of that, but that's only strictly for that situation. No yeah. one else. Uh, we're, when we're talking about uh, berries, I don't think we got into it. Three servings of other fruit, right? Mango, watermelon, mm. uh, the list is papaya. I mean, it goes on and on. Apples. Uh, Amazing. They're, 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 they're nature's candy. If you, uh, if you don't like fruit, I, I almost guarantee it's because you're not getting it ripe or you're getting it from, you know, the... The wrong grocery store where they're picking it way too early. That's the only thing I can imagine. Yeah. So e- even a cup of, of chopped fruit, I mean, just it, it makes sense. And it, it, it can be treated almost as your dessert. I, I mean, I love to do it is right at the mm-hmm. end of a meal. Um, I, it also works great as at the, at the beginning of a meal, actually, though, to uh, to curb your calorie consumption. Um, of other of your more your more hearty foods in that meal, right? Eating an apple before your meal, or uh, you know, a whole peach, something along those lines. People are so afraid of fruit these days, and they don't understand. Virtually all fruit is loaded with polyphenols, meaning it stabilizes blood sugar. It's really good. Now, John McDougall made a point on fruit, and that was that for some people, they might have an intolerance to the protein within the fruit and it may be appropriate for them to cook the fruit like an apple pie type cook without added sugars uh, these types of things and but once you kind of select through if you've worked through these inflammatory issues then in most cases you can keep fruit in your diet or use it sparingly again depending on the gut situation that individual sensitivity uh, and also but 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 really think of this from a blood sugar standpoint, an insulin standpoint, that should not be your issue. Your no. issue should only be inflammatory if you're dealing with that specific to the individual. And if you have any, if if you have any unique issues like those guys, if you if there's anything that's that's specific to your situation that we're not covering in this, um, get in contact with us. Right, nine four nine seven two zero one five five four, or uh, you can reach out on on nickdelgado.com again and and and. Let us know that you want to work, you know, one-on-one with a coach, and we'll get you going on that path for, like I said, for anything that's that's specific that might not be covered here. And that's where you get involved with uh, inflammatory food testing, uh, some detective work that works through regarding the symptoms. So for the coaching eligibility, we ask some of these questions, and then the more in-depth follow-up session, we get into exactly what's going on for each individual. So, you know, I think the great thing about uh, today's uh, online market is we we're not only offering this as part of a course but ongoing counseling and guidance to get you to your results and your goals uh, i think that the the discouraging thing is that people feel like they're they're following a program they're kind of on their own and the fact is that people start up a diet they stop a diet they start up another one then another one and they never quite figure out what to do and how to do it properly Yes, there's a lot of troubleshooting when you're first starting things. You know, a lot of people 
eat serving sizes like they're eating hamburgers and you know milkshakes still and they're wondering why they're getting you know why they get hungry or feel weak you know and the reason why is because they're only eating you know at the end of the day 800 calories because they ate portion sizes this big of foods that are meant to be eaten in bowl sizes true so let's go on with our list a serving of mushrooms. It could be the white uh, mushrooms, the brown mushrooms. There's various exotic uh, mushrooms, lion's mane. They all uh, have their different benefits. You know, all, all of them have specific reasons for eating them that, that are amazing, right? But to get the baseline immune system benefits, um, it doesn't matter. Eat whatever mushroom you can get your hands on. And mushrooms really have a very potent uh, anti-cancer factor to them. And I always think about how I can include mushrooms in my diet. Plus, the medical journal Lancet showed that mushrooms tend to thin the blood platelets, so it improves circulation. Uh, they're more really of a, of a fungus rather than a, uh, if you will, a fruit or a vegetable in that category. Well, include them. But they're they're very 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 important, and I love portobello mushrooms. I don't know about so you, good. but Mar you can, like marinated portobellos, uh, delicious. Yeah. So so if you think about the ways and the various enjoyable uh, foods that uh, mushrooms can be, I like to include them in in crock pots or in the Breville oven and and a, these different a, things. A one that I've kind of figured out recently is I like to chop up real fine, chop up uh, portobello mushrooms, um, onions. And garlic, and then I'll use like quinoa or, or barley, but I'll cook the mushrooms and the onions down to they're real soft, and they turn almost into like a meat, like almost like a meat substitute. You can season it with taco seasonings. I'll put them at the bottom of tacos with kale or with cabbage, and it's a you know I, I don't miss meat when I'm eating that, when I'm eating something. Like well, that. that leads us to the next category: is one to three servings of herbs and spices. Because when you mentioned the garlic and the onions, those are absolutely critical for anti-cancer principles and factors, and the nutrient density and the ability to improve the immune system. Tremendously important. Yeah, we said one to three servings here, guys. But uh, when it comes to herbs and spices as much as you can fit really the more you can jam those those different herbs and spices into each meal and into each thing you eat the better off you're going to be those have more more nutrient density than even the greenest of dark leafy greens or even the darkest of berries spices are out of this world yeah so the the herbs and spices you know from the perspective of you know to make a whole food diet that minimizes the use of oils and sugars it makes it almost the most important thing to make it flavorful and enjoyable and yet healthy at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, I, after learning how just how beneficial spices actually are, I would say go towards the edge of trying to fit as many spices onto your plate as you can while making it still taste good compared to the opposite. Yeah. And here's the next one. And I know this might surprise you, but three servings of half a cup worth of beans cooked of various beans. What is there? 15 bean salads, beans, lentils, the, any kind of legume. Yeah. The, beans are fantastic. And you know what? The longest lived people in the world consume beans. And again, I know there's a guy out there, uh, the plant paradox uh, guy, and he's talking about how, again, lectins and beans are problematic for people. I mean, it's a very rare individual. And then they make the complaint, oh, well, it causes gas. Well, wait a minute. Did you cook it long enough? Sometimes it's important to maybe pressure cook the beans with the heat and soak them overnight and discard the water. Well, and then another huge part of it is a lot of these people are eating diets that are completely void of fiber, right? No fiber whatsoever. <laughs> and then 
all of a sudden eat a bean burrito where they're eating a cup and a, you know a cup of beans and their gut biome doesn't have the colony counts to eat that right and so they end up they end up you know leaving some of that fiber completely untouched and it ends up being fermented and causing that ga- that you know that gastrointestinal upset and that gas that you're so used to seeing yeah so lead into this category of beans kind slowly. of slowly i mean even if you start with and a- consistently Okay. Right. Yeah. You want to start with maybe a quarter cup of beans cooked well uh, without oil. I do not recommend people refry their beans. It's so important. You can do it with water. You can do, I've had refrying beans that are just as good as the oil ones with water. So long as you add garlic and your favorite spices spices. and the whole home uh, house has this aroma of of cooking beans and especially overnight crock pot. I love it. I wake up in the morning. There's a whole amount of beans to eat through the week literally for me and then to make it like a chili beans without the meat i'll I'll put some bell pepper some onions some garlic uh some chilies depending Mm -hmm. on how much spice you like i particularly enjoy and have become very accustomed to peppers and spices of various types black and wild rice you can put the quinoa you can put different things to give it that hearty texture that you're so used to with absolutely and the next category, I, I want to qualify and make it very clear. We need whole grains for most people. If you do have a very sensitive gut and an immune system issue going on, then go with the ancient grains. Go with, uh, say, something like steel-cut oats or uh, even the... Organic whenever possible. Yeah, and rice is usually much well uh, better tolerated, that is, than, than other uh, grains. And also, soaking soaking those grains makes a, or sprouting those grains also makes a huge difference in how they're accepted by your digestive system. Yeah, well, right? I, sometimes I'll buy Ezekiel bread or a seen bread, and it's a sprouted whole grain bread. And uh, some people, again, feel that sometimes grains uh, develop uh, sometimes a, a little bit of a maybe a, a mold at times so if you uh, put them and 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 cook them a little bit uh, like you would uh, toast that tends to get rid of that particular factor completely interesting um, okay but so really toasting your toasting like even your rice beforehand yeah so huh. ancient grains though if you think about for those of you who do end up eating whole grain and can tolerate the ancient grains from egypt and italy and so forth where they have literally uh not been uh hybrid to have like 30 chromosomes they have only 14 chromosomes those are very well tolerated because they have very little gluten naturally inherent within that wheat it's just the way it it, it, okay. it, it it is as as nature you know current times we've tried to hybrid them and bastardize the grain and change it and, spray, and make uh, it fluffy and all that and they spray pesticides on them to kill them early so that they're, they're the proteins don't mature so you're getting the wrong type of protein yeah i used to think that the organic thing wasn't all that important and now with the hundreds of chemicals and toxins i'm pretty firmly convinced now that uh organic non-gmo certified is really an important factor i would say you can start you can start splitting those hairs as to which ones don't need to be bought organic eventually as you educate yourself more but at the beginning at least 
be safe rather than sorry. Try to get as much organic food, as much as many organic vegetables and fruits as you can. Yeah. So a question's coming up. Do you monitor your omega three, omega six ratios? Which actually leads into the next category, by the way, of oh, encouraging so happens, yeah. the uh, the use of one to three servings of flax seeds, uh, and as well as uh, at least one plus servings of other seeds. I love chia seeds. I think it's great to use sesame seeds, which are one of the highest sources of a calcium known, uh, yeah, you know, I, per, I, per teaspoon, if you will. Yeah, I can't say enough about flax seeds, guys. Flax seeds are one of those those foods that if you spoke to me, if you've spoken to me on the phone by calling into the office and you've had any kind of hormonal issues, whether you're a woman going through um, menopause or dealing with hormonal acne or cystic acne, or you're a guy um, worried about his testosterone levels or worried about, you know, keeping up his male potency, um, whatever your issue may be hormonally, um, flax seeds are going to help, man. There, those, uh, there's a compound in them called lignans that are a phytoestrogen. They're one of the weakest forms of estrogen that you can get. Um, but the thing is, is that by getting that one to three tablespoons, especially early in your day, you end up coating and filling all of your estrogen receptors in a way that protects you from all those estrogens you'd get from pesticides or plastics or smog or any of these, uh, you know, these toxic, these, these toxic forms that we're experiencing in our daily life these days. And, uh in conjunction with the, the seeds, which I personally like to soak my seeds overnight in water and they get kind of thick like a gruel. And then my nuts, I have in a separate bowl also uh, in the refrigerator, not the freezer, the refrigerator with some purified water, filtered water. And I soak walnuts, almonds, cashews. I, I get a variety of nuts and uh, Brazil nuts. And, and then by morning, there's this brown water. I pour that off, rinse them one more time, and then I'll take my servings from those two bowls of the seeds, the flax, and so forth, chia, and the particularly, I almost always include walnuts. Walnuts have been published in the medical literature to be protective of the heart. They're one of the most important. Uh, I remember years ago, I had been on for maybe, maybe 10 years oil-free, sugar-free, and also nut and seed-free. I wasn't eating much of them oh. in those days. And then I noticed, mm, you know, a little bit of dry skin, a little, little, little bit of dandruff. I noticed some signs, a little bit of maybe, you know, dermatitis, a little bit thing. And I'm like, oh. So I, I went ahead and started eating walnuts. Boom, it was gone. It was like that quick. And uh, when I would leave the walnuts out, little symptoms would come back. Now, even though all foods, vegetables, fruit, grains, nuts, seeds, everything has essential fatty acids, you can rub oil into the skin. I even have a little walnut oil and olive oil. I won't consume it. I'll rub it on my skin. Same thing with coconut, right? That's the yeah. best way to, best so, way to use that. So, but if the current science about omega-3 and 6, going back to the original question, we include marine algae which is where fish gets its omegas from so what you really want is a good quality marine algae and Absolutely. I take, take them daily take them daily it takes about four months to build up your uh, proper ratio of omegas then you don't have to worry about exactly specifically oh you know what exactly is it, the three to six ratio because when you're taking in this variety of the more than 
what what are we saying? The daily 15, which is what we're talking about. But we also including the marine algae uh, capsules, not fish oil. I'm not recommending fish oil. Mm -mm. Uh, there's risk with the potential toxins. Uh, I, I just think that you're better off with getting the direct source, which is what fish gets it from. It's from the algae. Get it from marine algae. I remember asking uh, one of the, quote, experts, uh, Barry Sears, and he had talked a lot heavily because he was selling fish oil. And I was with him in Japan, and I said, Barry, you know you can get your essential fatty acids from algae directly and he said absolutely he said there's no reason to take fish oil just get it directly from algae and he never really said much about that to the general public he just kept talking fish oil fish oil fish oil well you can get fish oil from uh from like the waste of the fishing industry right that's a, that's a, a large part of where they get it from is like byproducts of you know butchering fish so you know it's pretty cheap and, and and easy to get those those compounds and then concentrate them with all the heavy metals and that sort of thing absolutely Okay, so the beauty is we've covered our key categories of foods that really need to be included on a daily basis. Uh, even if maybe you didn't quite get all of these healthy foods into your breakfast, but we do believe eat your breakfast like a king. That's your biggest meal. Lunch is your next biggest meal, and dinner is your smaller meal. But if you're worried about getting a good night's sleep and your window, like Walter Longo, who's a fasting expert who studied with the some of the world experts in this area from USC and published a good book about it, he says the window of eating is between, say, 12 hours, 8 in the morning to 8 at night. If you wake up at 7, it goes till 7 at night. If you wake up at 6 and you eat at 6, six to six at night or if you extend it past that it's only because maybe you have a higher caloric uh demand and you're not keeping up with your calories in some of those exceptions i might say eat a little bit extra if you're feeling hungry all day every day and you're close to your ideal body weight you're not getting enough calories you need to up your calories Absolutely. that's where intuitive eating comes in you need to know as i do i carry foods with me literally in a container and uh, funny, from a USC bag, Walter Longo is a USC professor. But I, I, I think the only people that are narrowing that window to even less, where they're you know eating till noon, it's till calorie till four o'clock, because they're eating animal products. Exactly, which which leads us to our next subject. Well, one little one last thing I wanted to say about um, the eating window is um, another reason. If we want some emphasis or some encouragement as to why to do that. Um, your body's main time to detoxify tissues using your kidney and liver is when your intestines are empty and when you're sleeping, right? We usually want both of those things to happen at the same time. And if, so if you ate, eat a big meal right before bed, you're not going to, your kidney and liver are going to be working on the food that's in your intestines and keeping that, those toxins from entering your body more so than detoxifying the tissues that are already built up with all the toxins you've been eating over the years. I would say that's the biggest shift I've made in recent times, Same. reading the studies and reviewing the literature and not falling prey to this endless nonstop fasting thing, which, you know, it's called intermittent fasting. But you, if you choose, you can go like three days, which will reset your body out of the month, three days out of the month where you drop down to plant-based, oil-free, uh, 800 calories or so spread out through the day, kind of just small amounts of fresh fruits and vegetables and, and whole food that we've been talking about. Uh, I think that's a good way to go, but I've really worked towards 
mentally preparing myself to eating the smaller meals towards the evening and literally increasing my earlier meals so long as I don't feel tired if I ate too much in the morning because they're oil-free and sugar-free. So it doesn't make me sleepy unless I eat something that I have a delayed food allergy to. And how much be- how much more rested do you feel when you wake up the next morning when you when you do stave off that last meal and make it a little I smaller? find that I wake up less often in the middle of the night. That too. And, and yeah. sleeping cycles are every one and a half hour. So I actually time myself throughout the day to get in that deep REM sleep, and I use hypnosis tapes every night. They're usually eight hours long. Lately, I've been listening to a gal named uh, Lena, and uh, also what I like is the screen goes black, so it, there's no light on, on, on the phone that's that's uh, putting up. I have a really good sleep NLP uh, section that's about 30 minutes long, but I find if you wake up in the middle of the night and so forth through the night, that eight-hour tape is just a lifesaver. It's fantastic. And But, but the point is that because I'm on a light um, intake, lighter intake towards the evening meals, I don't like going to bed hungry. It's not that way. If I, if I go to bed, my last meal, eight or nine o'clock or a little bit later tonight, uh, I might have, you know, like a, a, a bigger salad, a vegetable salad, something light that I'm going to be able to digest easily that doesn't dump a bunch of calories like oils and fats and meats and things. I gave up the, the oils and fats and meats years ago. So, but that shift, even in the plant-based selection has, I think, made a big difference yeah, for me. Not making your last meal of the day beans and, and, and whole grains and things that are real, really hearty and fibrous, right? Making it like some watermelon or you know an apple or something along those lines. Absolutely. Which, which leads us to the next. We're, uh, we're going to answer a few more cool questions because in this to-do list, which answers the next question, question what kind of exercise do you recommend for someone who doesn't exercise you must have a serving of exercise every day and if you don't exercise studies show that you're more likely to be consistent about your exercise if you do it first thing in the morning that's your private time that's when i'm listening to podcasts if i'm training to compete in world uh, strength endurance competitions i'll put on very intense rock and roll music i have my whole playlist and i i burn through that thing so to even listen to someone on a podcast and pay attention while i'm focusing on you know my training and my reps and my intensity probably not the case but for overall longevity and good health, you can't beat good, great, consistent exercise. Lately, I do a quick routine because it'll help shift your circadian rhythms. Even if you only do 10 minutes in the morning and you're, you're pressed because you got to get to your next meeting, I go a fast routine where I'm doing pull downs. Uh, I'm doing uh, these uh, rotation pushes. I'm doing... Um, uh, 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 chest flies. I'm doing squats. I'm doing uh, bigger movements that involve the larger muscle groups. And I'm breathing heavy and I'm breathing through my nose. I'm keeping Absolutely. my mouth closed, breathing through my nose during the full routine. And I'm making sure I ate a lot of watermelon, a lot of fresh fruit, a lot of, of cold pressed juices before I step in to do that fast 10 to 15 minutes. So if you're just starting, 10 to 15 minutes is a great way to start. Build gradually to where you can get to an hour hour and a half which is really ideal but um, 15 minutes each day is better than no exercise even if you start off with fast walking and then move up to a little bit of jogging and, and swimming and and dancing but it got it's got to be an exercise you enjoy and put on your favorite music that was one of the great things uh, or at least your favorite podcast where you got to keep exercising until you're to the end of our spotify or itunes segment 
You know, that yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, another aspect of that is you're an exercise king. I mean, you, my, I mean, that's what you, you, you. I, I you, train people at it for years. It's what I, you know, I, I teach jujitsu as part of my living. It's, it's what I, I love. I love exercise. And I was going to say an, uh, another huge thing, depending on which route you're trying to go, you know, we'll get, we're going to get into all this in a future session, by the way, we're going to break all, all, you know, different methods of exercise down, different rep counts and set counts for different um, purposes. And we're going to, we're going to really break that down for you. But um, for now, if you're, you know, if you don't have a lot of time and you need to get it done, um, an easy way to think about it is a pushing exercise, a pulling exercise, and a leg exercise. Just keep it that simple, right? Because there's only so many directions I can push, you know, keep it simple and push and pull in the same direction for the day, right? So do one day of push-ups and rows, right? And then do a leg exercise. Do another day of pull-ups and presses, right? And then do a leg exercise that's different than the one you did that other day. Right, that you can keep it that simple and get amazing results. Fantastic. Okay, on to it's almost as important what you eat as important as what you eliminate from your daily food routine. And this is a big one. It's not something that everyone's ready to face yet. We're going to tell you the harsh but the best way to go about it. And that is you could go cold turkey, as we say. In other words, get rid of the, the turkey, get it's rid ideal. of the chicken, get rid of the fish, get rid of the, the, the red meat, the poultry, uh, dump the shellfish and the fish. But if I were to dump things, the last thing I would dump from an animal perspective, and I, I would probably go along with um, uh, Dr. Kim Williams, cardiologist. He said, if I were pushed, I might leave a little fish in my diet. But he said, I don't like fish. Personally, I like all food. If Same. I see if I see food, I eat it. Get it? Seafood, I eat it. But I personally uh, was conditioned to know that that shrimp and lobster, you know, tends to be higher in cholesterol. And it's not something I wanted to go and have another stroke. For those of you know who, who know my story, when I was 20, 21 years old, I had my first stroke, having had suffered from high blood pressure for six years and eating the American westernized whole, you know, whole animal product type diet. Uh, even though I was avoiding sugar, I was using very little or no salt. Uh, it, it just it just snuck up on me. And when it hit, it, it hit hard and it was it was bad. How interesting is it to see people eating nine eggs a day and worried about their salt intake? You you can't <laughs> you go to restaurants you can't find salt on the table no, anymore. But it's so but, dangerous. But, but yeah, but but they'll quick to serve you you know eggs and and bacon and sausage and and meat and cheese. These are the things you want to eat as the last item on your list of foods. If you have room for a little of that, or if it'll you're dying. <laughs> on your deathbed you're going to accelerate your death so you're starving let me say if you're starving to oh, death oh that's okay i thought you meant you're dying no, I mean, you're like, <laughs> you're your last breath i'm no, like no, no. dude i don't think i'd be eating you know unless i, I guess unless it was the ex execution table and you're going i want to have a steak before they execute me i mean ah okay yeah. then it won't matter you're you're, you're toast right yeah. literally toast no, not what i meant, not uh, what I meant. Oh, okay okay <laughs> i was confused i'm looking at you like what yeah. listen i know too many people are struggling with cancer and this is not a joke heart disease diabetes high blood pressure and yet they're going 
oh, the doctor didn't even say it was important to change my diet. Well, as Dr. Grossman said in our, one of our last segments of, a while back, they only have five minutes, 10 minutes to talk to you. If they launch into a whole talk about diet and exercise and supplements. And even worse than that, they don't believe in you. Right, they know what the science says. They know what's best. They well, they don't what, follow it themselves. No, but they know it's they know it's true. But they don't they don't think they can follow it. They don't have the willpower themselves, and so that's what they believe about you. They believe that even when you're shown the way, even when you're given all the science, all the information necessary, that you're just not going to do it. And so they're not even going to tell you. They're going to give you something in between that they think you're capable of getting to. Which you know, in answer to the next question from Elena, uh, how long do I think humans can live? I think that uh, when we add on the following factors of leaving out processed sugars, processed oils, and all oils are processed. Let's be clear. Now, yeah. even then, olive oil is not just pure olive oil. In, in Italy, it's different. Here, they mix in different oils. And they don't tell you it's mixed. You, if you've only eaten olive oil in America, you've probably never had real olive oil. And, and not only that, the, the oil itself because it's extracted originally from olives or walnuts or corn or whatever the food is, it takes 14 ears of corn to make one tablespoon of corn oil. It takes hundreds of olives to make a little tablespoon of olive oil. It is like sugar. You've extracted out all the calories and the density and the thickness, and it makes your blood thick like grease. That's not good. And then also, would you, if you were at a store... Would you feel comfortable buying jelly that has the top off of it already? Would you? Would you feel comfortable buying some jelly that has the top removed? You mean like jam or like preserves jam, yeah, or, or gel? Or, or like or or any packaged good if the if the packaging is opened? Would you, no, you wouldn't feel comfortable eating it, right? No, but that's what oil is, right? Because oil comes in a pre-made packaging in the form of a cell, right? It's it's it's. Uh, kept away from oxygen, kept away from things that'll damage it and break it down, and it's kept in its you know in a nut, for example, in a whole food protected form that isn't going. It's going to be perfectly you know ready for you to eat and its maximum at its maximum healthy potential place, right? Where if you you know as long as you're not eating rancid nuts, which it can happen as well. But when you're talking oils, that it's been removed from its package, put into a man-made package, and it's sitting there oxidizing that entire time. My biggest complaint with oils is not so much whether it's monosaturate, polyunsaturate, saturated fat, uh, what its omega ratio is. Missing the boat. It, it, it's not the, the issue. The issue is that it is mechanically sticky. It gums up the bloodstream. And people don't just use a little bit of oil. They're using oil like it's a health food. Well, it, 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 it's just like with processed sugar. I mean, sugar. large amounts. Yeah, absolutely. Just like with processed sugar, how it enters your bloodstream very quickly and causes problems. People don't, for some reason, like they don't think of oil the same way, even though it's disconnected from its whole food form the exact same way. When all these keto people and all these people openly saying, use butter, use oil, use, you know, these things, what, what comes to mind is... They're recommending something that may be used as a teaspoon or rubbed onto the skin, or if you're pulling coconut oil from your mouth and spitting it out. The issue is when the 
oil enters into the, the, the mouth, into the gut, into the digestive tract, it goes directly through the lymphatic system. It goes right through your whole immune system, slowing it down. And then right from there, it pours into the general circulation and coats all your blood cells for hours and hours and hours. We see it under the microscope every day. Uh, that's that's why I pretty much wrote the book, uh, Blood Doesn't Lie. I was going to show you a copy here. I have one downstairs. But the whole idea is that people are enamored with measuring glucose and insulin, and they forget and have no clue of the importance of what's called postprandial triglycerides, measured after eating at intervals during the day. Forget measuring glucose levels at intervals during the day measure triglycerides, it'll be an eye-opener. You'll find most disease pathology is related to high triglycerides, not after fasting, because these keto guys and these uh, paleo and animal advocates can get a measured triglyceride lower after an overnight fast. But through the day, they're walking around with high triglycerides. On a 24-hour basis, studies show they have far higher triglycerides, yeah. unless they're limiting their total food intake and their calorie intake and their windows of fasting is very narrow. They might have reasonably low triglycerides at that time. The only people we see under the microscope with healthy triglyceride levels are after eating are people who are eating plant-based. Yes. There's no, there's no way to do it any other way. And that's why you know all these physicians are having you do a fasted version, right? They don't really want to, they don't really want to deal with that part of it. Right. So for 43 years, I rarely have to fast or ever have fasted for my blood tests. And I've maybe had literally hundreds of blood tests over the last 43 years. I have literally file cabinets of all my lab work going back to 1978. And if were you even born yet at 1978? No, no it was not. A couple, <laughs> a couple decades to go still. <laughs> to go. Oh, man, that dates me. So, so when you ask how long I expect to live... I apply five principles, which we'll be covering in the coming segments, but sleep, don't ever underestimate the importance of quality sleep based on circadian rhythms, uh, exercise on a daily basis. My goal is to exercise every day. If I miss a day or two, my net average for 40 years has been at least four or five workouts a week. And my workouts are defined as at least an hour where my heart rate's up the whole time. I'm moving my body. And number three, nutrification. I'm making sure I'm getting the right supplements based on my laboratory work. Uh, I'm getting whole herbal organic supplements that really have a need to meet hormonal balance, my mitochondria, my stem cell release. All of these things are critical. So I look at that. And then the next thing within that category is detoxification. What foods within this category, like cruciferous vegetables, we didn't even get into turmeric as an herb to detoxify the body. Yeah. I mean, there's we mentioned some of the spices like garlic and things and chili Cloves peppers. And there's so many. So, so much. Many. So within this, this course today, we're covering the elements that will truly, but without love and happiness and positive thoughts and learning NLP and how to release uh, negative thoughts and surround yourself with more positive people and join our tribe and be with the tribe of people who are out to live life to its fullest in a healthy manner. If you haven't read the book, Blood Doesn't Lie Yet, and I'm, I'm getting five-star reviews. There's people from all over the country. The top doctors in the world have endorsed the book in writing on the book. Check it out because 35 steps that I follow on a daily basis to be the longest lived, healthiest individual in history is my goal. 
And it's not going to be a chore. That's the real thing is that as you start doing these things, as you start applying these principles and start eating this way, you'll start to see how good you actually feel. Right, you'll start to see how, like, like we've talked about before, like how, how much more mentally clear you're going to be, how much more energy you're going to have, how much less inflammation you're going to have, and you know, as as you start as you start feeling these things, those are going to be incentives. You're going to go back and eat something you used to eat, and you're going to feel all those things come back in an instant. And you're going to go, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want this pain. I don't want this inflammation. I want this grogginess or or this fatigue. And so as you get further evolved in your food selections every day, like Jack Lane once said, who was one of my uh, great inspirations, and there's a picture of me on my wall up above with both of us on stage in Anaheim uh, when he was already past 95 years old, him flexing and me flexing. He turned to me and said, Nick, you're doing a great job. Keep people inspired. And he said, don't eat foods from packages. He said, if you really want to get healthy, free of artificial dyes, no preservatives, you know, get rid of the uh, processed foods, the sugar the oils, you know, go to the whole foods where you're chewing as much till it becomes pretty much liquefied. And foods that have what's called an IgE or IgG intolerance, you know, those are the things that can be evaluated based on detective work and food elimination. Start with, say, rice and greens, and then just see how whatever health problems seem to disappear. And then you can gradually as a detective add these things back, but to make it a little easier, do these delayed food allergy tests, which is on our website. We can give you the links we'll to push, that. We'll put some links in the show notes, but the, the IG, we have IgG tests that will uh, test your blood against 184 different foods, give, your, give you a rating between zero and four as to how reactive your white blood cells are to those foods and basically give you a customized blueprint as to what foods are are most compatible with you and your immune system and your health and uh you know i've 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 done it a few times now and i personally uh i swear it to everybody i have crohn's disease and uh you know with my situation i haven't had any piece of information or tests make more of a difference than that specific test right there so i recommend it it's worth its weight in gold yeah, I'm neck and neck when I'm recommending people to get full hormone testing uh, along with delayed food allergy. And if your budget permits, you do both. If you don't have the money for enough for one or the other, they're in the $400 range, then, then honestly do one of the set of tests. And then as time develops, once we get your hormones balanced or otherwise get your foods corrected and in line, but which by the way, once you get your foods corrected and in line, a lot of times your hormones become in balance too. In a kind of crazy so, way. So, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan of knowing, you know, what is going on because we see it all the time under the microscope. I don't think you would ever know until you saw a massive number of white blood cells that are broken apart, disoriented, and you're like, what's that? Well, look at all these, t- all the, you know, no offense, no offense to you, I have a lot of friends who are these, who are these guys I'm about to comment on, but you know, those, uh, those tough guys that are slamming down energy drinks and, and drinking alcoholic beverages after work, you know, the, wow. the energy drinks, those are going to shoot, sh- make your cortisol and your adrenal glands absolutely shot, right? The alcohol is going to cut your testosterone level down to levels where even if you're doing testosterone replacement therapy, you might as well not be doing it if you're even having a single glass of alcohol. Um, and, you know, that cortisol, like we talked about with the, with the hormones, you know, by cutting down or damaging your adrenal glands, you're affecting your testosterone. You're affecting its ability to, to work properly and you're affecting your ability to produce it to the point where we see people who have low testosterone and low cortisol where we always say we work on the cortisol first because you'll you'll cause some more um, like quality of life issues if you go testosterone first. But we, we have people who we fix just their cortisol and their testosterone fixes itself. Yeah. Right? So 
Ralph William uh, podcast has the question, can someone eliminate leg pain and back pain with diet? Absolutely. And second part of his question, leg pain with diet, diet, diabetic neuropathy. I have a few quick comments about that. When you look in back pain studies, we didn't used to think diet was connected. But what was found was an excessively high protein diet, which is what we're advocating here to really move away from the animal products and move towards plant-based proteins because they have a different ratio of leucine. They affect the mTOR enzyme uh, differently in growth and, and also when you have too much acidity which comes from dairy product and meat and oils and sugars and and fats and these things these tend to draw the minerals magnesium zinc very important minerals calcium right from the bones and it's been proven that those people who tend to eat those types of diets have uh, weakened their spinal column their vertebral column they have the highest incidence of back pain and hip fractures as well hip fractures uh so so you really potentially getting to the source of leg and back pain the challenge is that once you resolve this diet overnight and you start going to these things we're recommending you have had years maybe decades of eating the other food that have weakened your skeletal system so osteoporosis and bone density relates to back pain it's very clear and then another aspect of that that we, we covered the igg and the ig the igg or the ige and igg intolerances those igg intolerances we won't get into the exact mechanisms as to how it happens but um depending on the person in your genetics those those compounds that are you know that are produced in that with that issue um they end up storing in your lower back and your shoulders and your knee joints and places of high activity and end up causing breakdown and inflammation and pain in those areas yeah so one of my one of my favorite books and if if uh, uh my good friend dr john mcdougall he he wrote this this book on arthritis because we're talking about pain he wrote a section on diabetes he wrote a section on cancer and heart disease and high blood pressure. And he wrote about what traditional doctors are doing. And each chapter that you look at, uh, it's called McDougal's Medicine, A Second Opinion. And it is one of the most important go-to books besides How Not to Die by Michael Greger and uh, certainly the books that we've written and put out into the market and continue now to publish. But one of the classic pages that I don't know that um, my colleague here, Kyle, has seen, but it really describes antigen antibody complex formations. And this section, and notice how I read books, and I'm teaching my, uh, my young son how my study methods helps me to memorize every section of every book I've ever written. But I'll circle the word, I'll underline key facts about it, and when you read this section, it, it just it just makes it so clear why autoimmune diseases and arthritis and leg pain and back pain develop. Now, a subgroup is called neuropathy. Now, neuropathy is an extreme form of plaque buildup leading to the small blood vessels in the legs and feet. And that prickly, burning, hurt, that's just not enough blood flow and oxygen getting to 
the circulation of the feet, that neuropathy can eventually develop into, with diabetics, the number one cause of amputated limbs. So you need to use Tesla Max to bring a new circulation in that area. You need to use our Beats, Beat Vitality to vasodilate, improve that circulation overnight. You need to cut out the meats and the oils and the sugars so the blood flows like a rapid river instead of heavy molasses then the oxygen and the blood flow and the pain literally starts going away it may not happen in hours but within weeks we've seen that combined uh, approach along with hormonal intervention that builds up with peptides testosterone growth hormone the cortisol support and thyroid you're gonna see miracles in areas that doctors prior to this would say we have no solution. We just have to cut the leg off. Most and, of them still probably say that. And I've worked in physical therapy with patients where I remember um, Charles. He was uh, a university professor at uh, Pasadena City College. And it was tragic for me because I was very young. I was in my 20s. And I remember that I would come into his room and his, his leg was diabetic and he was just diabetic, you know, neuropathy. And it was just the skin. He had ulcers from, from in the bed, bedridden, and they amputated the first leg. And then later they said, we got to amputate the other leg. I mean, that was all they knew to do. My uncle died of the exact same thing. He lost, lost both of his legs from the neuropathy and the, the diabetes and, uh, you know, eventually just gave up on life because of it, it my good friend thing. joel Furman wrote this book the end of diabetes again nutritarian very much recommended uh john john mcdougall uh pritikin uh of course some of the great original books the pritikin permanent weight loss manual uh, all these books are classics and again if if you if you dig into my library you you've seen i, I i've read every word circled every looked them up the references the medical journals behind them it's absolutely reversible, guys. Uh, here's a book that might surprise you, The Multiple Sclerosis Diet, The Low-Fat Treatment for MS by Dr. Roy Swank, uh, an Oregon professor. And who would have thought that MS, multiple sclerosis, which, you know, you're talking about diabetic neuropathy and things like this, but multiple sclerosis, uh, you know, MS, I mean, a very serious circulatory problem related to too much oils. And he proved that in uh, identical twins, one set of twins went on a complete oil-free, plant-based diet, saturated fat-free, and the other twin c continued to eat saturated fats and oils and meats. And the one twin ended up developing full-blown MS. Uh, they, they lost uh, the ability to breathe, uh, you know, their, their muscle strength ebbed away, and they died prematurely. The other twin thrived and lived a full life. Identical twins. Yeah, so nothing to say about genetics there. I've been looking for this book. It was hidden on my shelf. Nutrition and Mental Illness, Carl C. Pfeiffer. Have you I, seen I this? That's one that I wanted to read. Oh, my gosh. Time, this and Look at how many circles and underlines. You know this book is meaningful. I read an excerpt of it for, for something we were doing, and I went, wow, I need to get back into I that love this book. gets into the skin, the hair, the nails. It talks about uh, the, the delayed food allergies and, and white blood cell eosinophils increased... Uh, histadil, that, that is excessive amount of, of white cell activity. Look, look at how underlined and outlined this. I mean, right? It's, yeah. Uh, this means this book is like high on the list of, wow, that's, that's meaningful. 
uh, high copper levels found to relate to schizophrenia, uh, gluten uh, intolerance to schizophrenia and uh, paranoia. I mean, it, mental illness and your diet, who would have thought? Depression, mental illness. During these times when people are locked down and the incidence of Huge. mental, the rate of suicide's gone up from it used to be age 35 to, to 60. Now it's dropped down to age 10 to 60 because Insane. kids are considering suicide now. This this has got to change. And that's why we brought Scott Sargent onto the team because he, he's an interventionist on, on this area. So the, the last question I see is, can you speak about the dangers of heme iron uh mr e you're uh, you're all over it i, I love you know he, he he's you got to be one of our better fans i think man <laughs> he's on it we like it man and he's saying how can Educated. you speak about the dangers of heme iron from meat well it's an iron that doesn't uh, your body doesn't regulate it the way it regulates plant-based iron right where with plant-based iron when you've consumed too much of it your body kind of stops absorbing it stops pushing it into those cells with heme iron um what you consume is what you absorb, and there's really no limit to it, right? It, you just keep putting more into it until you become iron toxic. Right. Uh, there's an old story about cyrodosis, uh, toxic iron overload of the liver. And it was interesting because there was a group of African natives that would cook with iron pots. And uh, the iron, a little bit of iron, would slough off into the food, into the meat, into the various cookings, and they would consume it. Well, the men would die of iron overload of the liver. It was one of the leading causes of death. The women didn't die because they have menstrual cycles. So they had a way of relieving and releasing the excess iron uh, accompanied issue and toxicity. And then that iron also, I, I, this is another thing I, for, I forgot reading about, was that that heme iron is also going to produce ex increased oxidization in your body and, and basically premature aging. Because you having you have, because of you having that excess iron and more iron floating around, it's an it's, uh, you know, it's creating an environment that's more ripe for that uh, that oxidative process, which basically is aging. Correct. I, I, yeah, I, and I think that when when you look at um, shall I say the the incidence of chronic diseases and illnesses, you know, for myself, uh, I'm so focused right now on what is it. What does it take to enlighten the public? And this particular segment has got to be one of your core. If you refer back to this segment, listen to it several times, and if you have questions about it, I, I think it's very, very important. Uh, I, I, I see that uh, you know controlling MS, there's another question uh, that, that came up here. MS Hope, uh, Matt Embry. Uh, I'm not familiar with Matt Embry or MS I'm Hope. Not either. Uh, I, I, I would just have to do a quick search on that. Uh, if, if the diet, though, is as close to animal product-free and oil-free and mostly plant-based whole food, it's the longest-term study with the greatest number of, of patients ever analyzed by Dr. Roy Swank. And um, if, this, uh, if this reference has any relationship uh, then, then I, I would I would be interested. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll do a, a quick search if if it'll allow it. Uh, M. S. Hope. Okay, so it says finding a pathway to health. Uh, here we go. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I I'm just trying to see. Uh, it says Calgary, Alberta, 
and uh, I'm not sure if it if it actually uh, gives me some details about it. So I'll, I'll try and make my comment on this. Uh, to uh, the gentleman was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1995. Uh, he's saying healthy living enabled him to to be drug free. Uh, well, he's showing a lot of greens and vegetables. Uh, the first step, so uh, exercise, diet, uh, blood flow is important. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looks kind of consistent with what we're talking about. Uh, from a supplement standpoint, we're going to uh, come up to that in, in a coming session. Uh, he, he's uh, chronic cerebral spinal venous insufficiency, impaired blood flow to the brain, heart, so they're using a uh, various type of a checklist, uh, the best foods. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it shows some pictures of some lean meats and fish and things. So, again, I would very much minimize uh, the animal product uh, end of it. But uh, it, it looks like it's going the right direction. So upon further review, um, my initial impression. So, hey, guys, it's been fun. Um, Elena saying awesome stuff. Thank you for all the work. You're welcome. And then uh, jo Joey saying, uh, what meditation for you to listen to? Hmm. Well, uh, I tend to type in uh, the concept of timeline therapy, NLP, uh, looking more at hypnosis because we usually know the right words during uh, the meditation process to build into the thought process to move the mind to better decisions at a more rapid pace and to not confuse the mind uh, with certain concepts and thoughts and beliefs. So uh, you can look at my diplomas having been trained uh, I took psychology at USC. I uh, highly trained in neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, deep trance phenomena. Uh, some of these things, uh, even HUNA training from the ancient Hawaiian uh, trainings, I'm certified in that area as well. So I, I love the idea of meditation, uh, but guided meditation in, in a direction that embosses letting go of negative thoughts and beliefs and in, in including positive thoughts and energy and well-being. I know we have some segments coming up yeah, we're actually, uh, very we're soon. We're going to have a segment that goes into all of that in detail. Yeah, in great detail. So uh, please uh, listen in. Uh, we'll we'll t continue to uh, share these. And as you uh, study these, uh, we're getting comments about loving the streams. Thanks. Uh, keep up the good work. You know, Kyle, you know, he's a trooper. I, I put in double shifts lately because I'm really committed <laughs> to getting lately. these... Um, these content done uh and and like with anyone we have our daily uh, chores to get done but you have a commitment and that is your health your health your happiness and your career there's three things that i think about most often right health happiness and career and find that together uh within your meditation and reinforce that um I will mention BrainTap is, is a good resource. And then we have a website that's being put up this next week. And it's going to have access to my latest, best NLP meditation type uh, programs that I've used for a better part of 43 years to keep myself on track. And I know anyone who's successful knows about 
the power of the mind. So that is certainly one area that is part of, of, of the cornerstone of good health. But this segment, most importantly, is the nuts and bolts of proper eating, uh, using and embracing the top, what would you say, beyond the daily dozen. It's probably a total of... I mean, if, if, if we start breaking or, you know, splitting all the different herbs and spices and all their different families, I mean, it, it gets it gets pretty up there. We'll say we'll say the daily 15. Okay, right? we'll daily I like 15. that because we, we covered about 15 items with a few items that we want to eliminate or avoid. And uh, that, you there you have it, guys. Thanks. Uh, it's been fun. And, and I was uh, going to say next session is going to be on sleep. We're going to try to keep really? these kind of consistent. Yeah, the next <laughs> session is going to be on sleep. We're going to go into the data into data on um, why it's important and things you can do to improve it as well as things you can do to disrupt it. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Look forward to seeing you there. All right, everyone. It's been great. Thank you very much. Get some sleep tonight if you've been up with us late yes. or wake up to this program and replay it. Uh, you can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, and then this particular segment is being upgraded to being part of our new online coaching program. So if you missed any part of it, it's going to be locked in for you on an ongoing basis. It's kind of the beginning course for most people to get uh, going in the right direction but right now you have free access to that information so enjoy it while you can i know there was a little debate about whether it would go up free or not but we wanted it to air free so you got that chance to see the quality of the information and the material and uh, again from our heart to you let's be healthy and happy together thanks everyone hey guys i gotta tell you the new coaching program has come out and we're excited about the coaching program because the coaching program is at nickdelgado.com. We'd love to help to guide you, to coach you on your health journey. And now you can apply for the special coaching program. And you can also get our special book, Immune Rejuvenation. Just leave your name and email and you're going to get one of the best books written on this whole subject. We are excited to know, Anne, and I got to tell you that you know, the whole idea of immune rejuvenation has come.